Absolutely. Why are you telling me this? No, wait, wait, really, no, please. Seriously, stop talking. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. It is. All right, folks, that'll do. And it's a wrap. <laughs> Welcome to the new semester and a new edition of WCSU 411. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and today our guest is Dr. Michelle Brown, the new dean of the Macrocasa School of Arts and Sciences. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Paul. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us. And now you, um, Dr. Brown, this position of dean opened up when Dr. Missy Alexander was promoted to the Java Provost and Academic Vice President. So do you refer to her as the old dean? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, we all I do. do. Right? Mm -hmm. Good. <laughs> And I'm the young dean. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yes, young, very young. <laughs> this is your first dean job, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I guess I'm the junior dean. Mm. I, don't I don't know. We're going to strike that, please, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we don't refer to anybody as junior here. Mm. You're one of the four deans, so mm -hmm. uh, you're an equal with all the other deans. Yes. I meant not in terms of rank. Just in terms of young and youthful. I, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I bring a youthful exuberance. Yes, mm -hmm. compared to the other deans. Stuffy, stuffy <laughs> and old, all of them. You know they don't listen to the podcast, right? So you can say anything. <laughs> I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been the dean here for uh, since July. Yes. So, uh, ooh, we're about six months. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I have learned a lot. Um, I've been having much, much too much fun, though. <laughs> I'm really loving being here at WestCon. Wow. I'm loving being at the Macrocosta School of Arts and Sciences. Um, our, the faculty are just brilliant and interesting, and our students are just uh, so sincere. Um, I've enjoyed meeting everyone, and, mm -hmm. and the university community as a whole has been very welcoming and just... Um, a wonderful place to come to. That's good. Yeah. So that isn't just because you've only been here for six months. It's you really think that'll continue. You won't be beaten down. I don't think so. I, sense. you know, I mean, if, of course, at first everyone says, "Oh, it's just the honeymoon period." But I, I don't know anyone who goes on a six-month honeymoon. You know. <laughs> so I think the honeymoon is over. Yeah, and you are very enthusiastic. That's true. I've seen you. You're uh, full of ideas and uh, and and. Um, good feelings about the place, yes. which is nice. Yeah. Not that any of our other deans aren't. I'm not saying that. <laughs> the match has been perfect. I, I, I've been telling folks, and but this is the truth, that um, from the moment that I saw the position description, I, as, as I was reading it, I felt like, oh, this, this is me. Oh, this is me. This is me. You know, and it seems very trite to say that because I'm sure that everyone who applies for a job thinks, oh, I'm perfect for this position. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I came to campus and uh, met so many folks um, from the search committee on up to the, you know, um, the provost and the president, and I, um, I just, I just knew that I was home, you know. And so then I, of course, got 
nauseous to my stomach thinking, oh, God, what if I think that this is a, a perfect match and they don't, mm-hmm. you know, so so wonderful to get the call. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So here's a difficult question. What okay. does a dean actually do? Well, there's a lot of soap opera watching and <laughs> reclining on my conference room table, eating bonbons, tossing mm-hmm. them in the air and seeing if I can catch them in my mouth. Um, and when I need to take a break from that, <laughs> uh, you know, to me, Paul, being a dean is being a problem solver and being an ambassador. Mm-hmm. So I and, and I enjoy doing both things. Um, you may have noticed I really like to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And so I love going out and uh, meeting folks in the community, um, meeting new folks on campus. Um, the other week, I, I met the mayor of Danbury, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, uh, I've been meeting folks at some, of, uh, at some of our community colleges. I met some folks at Naugatuck Valley and some folks at Norwalk um, to, to talk about possible partnerships. Um, I've especially enjoyed meeting um, you know, uh, our foundation board. I've enjoyed meeting um, Dino and Marie Macrocostas, mm-hmm. for whom the school is named. Um, wonderful, wonderful people mm-hmm. and absolute uh, purveyors and supporters of education. So I love going out and meeting people and figuring out how these relationships can benefit everyone involved. But I also love pro- problem solving. And um, the Macrocosta School of Arts and Sciences is the largest school on campus. And um, as in any organization, there are some fissures here and there. And um, so faculty or students or um, leaders within the departments will bring me problems. And uh, I enjoy working with them to, to figure those out. Would you like to name any of the professors you're having problems with? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> You'll solve all that. Yeah. So people do come to you all day long with things that need solving, right? Yes. That's um, almost unending, I imagine. It is. It is. I mean, some of the pro- you know, not all of the problems are necessarily bad, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, for example, we're moving into uh, the many of the departments within the Macrocostis School of Arts and Sciences are moving into uh, Higgins Hall over the summer, which is being renovated. And so I'm in the midst of negotiating with department chairs and with facilities management um, what kinds of furniture needs we'll have for the different offices and who's going to be in which office and ooh, how, how wide of a window does a senior faculty member get versus a junior faculty member and who gets those internal offices. And so these are not necessarily anyone being difficult, but they're problems that need to be solved, right? And um, with students, I'm finding the most rewarding problem-solving experiences being when students come to me and they feel that they don't know how to navigate being in college, Mm. right? I don't know how to adult. I don't know how to college. I don't know how to university. And uh, I'm trying and trying and trying, but I don't know who to ask my questions to. I don't know who to talk to. And so I can spend some time with them and talk to them about what kinds of resources we have on campus that can be useful, the Writing Center, the Math Emporium, academic advisement, et cetera, but also telling them, 
you know, you need to have a plan, right? What is, how are you going to spend your days? You know, what, obviously there are going to be things that come up unexpectedly, but how, how, how much time are you going to spend on math? Mm -hmm. You know, for example. Mm -hmm. So, um, those are fun problems to, to work through. Mm -hmm. Gratifying, I imagine. I think so, yeah. How do these students end up with you? Don't they usually start or shouldn't they start with a professor or something like that? Sometimes they do. So sometimes they come to me because they have a problem with a particular professor or with a particular curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they come to me because they have uh, – and. Uh, so, so maybe they've not gotten the type of responses that they wanted from a professor. Um, uh, sometimes they come to me because perhaps they were in another school on campus mm. and it, that path is not working for a particular student. And so they come to me because within, arts and, within the School of Arts and Sciences uh, reside not only students who are in all of the majors within our school, but also students who are undeclared mm. um, and also students who are non-matriculating. So if they've been, for example, um, placed on suspension or uh, from the Ansel school, they don't have the GPA to maintain accreditation, then they become mine. Mm. And so they'll come and see me and say, but I really want to be a business major. What do I do? And so I can talk to them about, okay, well, let's figure out a path to get you back into the Ansel school. Or if they come and they say, I, I was nursing or education, but now I don't really want to be. And I'll say, okay, well, let's talk about what you're interested in and see if we can find something either in the Macrocosta school or elsewhere on campus that might be a match for you. That's nice of you. Well, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could tell them to go see the counseling center or something or talk to their parents or something like that, right? Yeah, but I think, too, I think that students need to find – um, an adult on campus that can serve as a touchstone for mm -hmm. them. And I don't say this because I think that students are not adults. That's not what I mean. But they need to, they need to identify somebody on campus who, who works here. So whether that be a staff person or a faculty person um, or an administrator, but somebody that they feel that they can stop by and ask stupid questions of. Somebody who won't roll their eyes or say, oh, why didn't you read the syllabus first? Or don't you know that already? Um, and in my past experience, for, for many students, I become that person. And so um, if, if having that conversation with a student is going to give them that sense that they actually do belong here and somebody cares how they fare here at WestCon, then I'm happy to be the person to have that conversation with them. Um, so you did that at your previous, where you previously worked? Yes, I did. I've done it. I've worked at a few institutions and I've done it. I've ended up doing that at each place. Mm -hmm. And your last place was Shenandoah College or something like that? Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. Hmm. Is that on a map actually? So I don't, I've never heard of that before. It's on a map. It's about 10 minutes east of the West Virginia line. So it's in north, uh, northwestern Virginia. It's about an hour outside of D.C., but it's very rural. It's along the uh, Skyline Drive uh, corridor. Do you see hillbillies out there? <laughs> Do you know what's funny is uh, I went to, I went, 
I did my undergraduate work at James Madison University, which is about an hour south of Shenandoah. And um, uh, I remember thinking while I was on campus at JMU, thinking, oh, my gosh, these Harrison burgers, you know, I'm so much more sophisticated than these locals. And I couldn't wait to get away. And sure enough, I ended up building my career right along that corridor. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful country. Uh, but it's a it's a different it's a different culture. Mm -hmm. it's very steeped in its Civil War history. And did you grow up there? You didn't, right? Um, I did grow up in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, mm. uh, and I didn't intend to spend so much time in Virginia, uh, not to not to knock the state, uh, but uh, that's just sort of the way things happened. You know, when you're mm -hmm. in academia, you don't always choose where the jobs pop up. Did you get in arguments with them when they started talking about the Civil War and how the South really won and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <clears throat> I'll tell you, when I finished my Ph.D. and was looking for a job, I wallpapered the Northeast with my CV. <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe that, that the folks here hadn't heard of me before I came because <laughs> hasn't she been applying for 30 years? <laughs> It's time for him to give it up down there, isn't it? <laughs> you would think. I mean, I, I remember being in elementary school, and um, I'm not even kidding you. Uh, on the playground, kids would be yelling, the South will rise again, because we all had <laughs> Southern accents, including yours truly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so did you have it still when you were at Shenandoah and dropped it when you came up here? <laughs> no, I um, I would say during college, I realized that I had an accent and decided I didn't want one. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it comes back when I'm very, very tired or when I'm talking to my family of origin. <laughs> 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 what, <So> Mama? <laughs> Oh, I love that. Let's do the rest of the podcast in a Southern accent. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, they are very polite down there. <laughs> yes, sir, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So um, when you came here, is uh, the... Did you envision the job as it is, um, the moving the furniture as well as the uh, helping the students and how um, we do things up here? Is it different than down in uh, Virginia? It, oh, that's a two-part question. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, yes, I did envision the job being about what it is. Uh, certainly there are surprises and um, there are different ways of doing certain things uh, here uh, uh, in Connecticut and at Westcon than, than we did them in Virginia. Um, Shenandoah was a private institution. Mm. I've worked in state schools before, and I was interested actually in uh, returning to a state system. Um, one of the things that also was very exciting to me about coming here was that this is a union environment. Uh, Virginia is not uh, a union state, uh, and 
They'll kill you if you join a union down there, right? Yeah, it's not good. It's mm. not good. <laughs> Bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, uh, but the the conditions for uh, you know for educators are uh, to to my mind really shameful. Hmm. Uh, my son's second grade teacher worked in the grocery store to make mm-hmm. ends meet. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with working at the grocery store. I I, I think that there's nothing wrong with any, you know, mm-hmm. honest work. However, I, I don't believe that somebody who already has a job um, and who is tasked with educating our young people should need to take on a second job in mm-hmm. order to make ends meet. That, I think, is a shameful predicament. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but those teachers do not have unions there, and Virginia is very tough on its on its teachers. Um, so a, a union environment, I know it's not perfect, but I feel like there are much more protections for educators in this part of the country. And I feel that education is valued. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, taxes are higher, but I I believe in paying for the services that I want to <laughs> participate in and mm-hmm. receive. Um, so there are things that I, and I didn't expect um, um, some of the ways that um States that 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 a state institution operates here uh, within a system, um, and some of the ways that um, <clears throat> that the uh, that the union contracts operate are were, were unintin- um, unanticipated. Uh, I had read a lot of the materials mm-hmm. in preparation for my interviews, but reading up on something is different than doing it. You yes. know, yeah. Um, so have you got scolded by the unions? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, it's just it's more it's more like um, I uh, make sure I, I'm becoming very well versed in the contract because mm-hmm. every, sort of every aspect of faculty life and performance is in some way scripted mm-hmm. um, or codified in policy. And coming from a private institution where uh, I was actually involved in writing policy mm-hmm. to cover situations that were not at all scripted. So this is sort of coming to the opposite end of that type of a spectrum. And so where in my previous role, I would have had to perhaps um, adjudicate um, certain um, uh, cases on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I, there's policy to cover what to do. Right. Um, and so in some ways, that can seem constricting to some, depending on the case. In some, ca- in some cases, it's very uh, relieving to have, the, you know, okay, this has been anticipated. It's already happened before. We've already figured out the best way to handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm excited that that educators are protected mm-hmm. here. Um, the other part of your question, you were asking if I don't know if I'm talking too long because you're going to cut out what you don't want. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Pete edits. Yeah. Pete will edit. Um, so you asked about uh, sort of the, all the logistics of the move and mm-hmm. and all like that. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah, I hadn't done an interstate move in about 20 years. Mm. So, um, and I certainly didn't have kids the last time I did it. <laughs> so that was uh, that was an experience. Um, I still say in the end it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been um, we've been here, so I've been here for six months. We established earlier, and um, it was only last weekend that we got a living room couch. We've been sitting <laughs> on our patio furniture in the living room, uh, and so thank God we have a couch now. And it's the house we bought a house in Newtown, mm-hmm. which we love, um, and so it yeah moving with kids was. Uh, to a new state was um, was bigger than we thought, but uh, it was worth it. Yeah. So you were busy every weekend. That's why you couldn't get a couch. <laughs> so we we ordered one, and it just took forever to come in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was probably built in Virginia, right? Probably. <laughs> we should have just, yeah, <laughs> could have driven down, and I probably could have built one myself faster. And I don't even know how to build a couch. <laughs> And you have a couple of boys, right? I do. I have two sons, 14 and uh, 12. Hmm. And they've settled in okay? They have. They've made friends. Um, my 14-year-old is um, doing the art club, and he ran cross-country track for the first time. Hmm. My 12-year-old was so excited because there's a ski club at school. <laughs> We 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 have never taken them skiing before, so he um, he's doing the snowboard option because hmm. he's a daredevil. Very exciting, very exciting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So uh, I met one of your one of these students you had met with once. We were at a uh, alumni dinner, right? Yes. And this student, non trad student, sat with us, and her story was she was already taking, I think, uh, eighteen credits Mm -hmm. and she wanted to take 22 or 25 Mm -hmm. or something right and she came to you to beg yes she did so because she emailed me first and said hi i'm taking something yeah it was something like i'm taking 18 and i want to take three more to be 21 credits and i and uh students need my approval to take more than 17.9 and so i emailed her back and said i'm sorry but it's not in your best interest to take even more than 18 that's that's no joke right there Mm -hmm. and so she came she made an appointment to come in and And you told her go ahead and sit with me but i'll talk to you but i'm not going to give it to you yeah i don't i don't think that yeah i I know how this meeting is going to go (laughs) and i could not have been more wrong (laughs) this this woman was wonderful. She comes in and tells me, I was working three jobs. I have quit all of them. I have been going to school on and off, uh, part-time, full-time, and but I've been working full-time since I was 19. I'm almost 30, or I'm about 30, I think. Um, and she said, my husband has told me just it, you can go full time and you can finish in one semester and that's all the budget we have we you know we want to start a family and i he was going on a project out of state mm-hmm. for a few months and she had set her entire life up to basically live in the library here on campus for one semester and she was going to do it and she convinced me and then she told me my little sister is a freshman here at West Con mm. 
this year. And so I'll be keeping an eye on her as, you know, to Mm -hmm. make sure she's going to class as well. So um, it was it was such an inspiring story of a student who loves it here and has been trying to work her way through while working and finally organized her life in order to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of student we have, the inspiring kind. Mm -hmm. I was going to talk about that. We do have um, a range of students. You know, the 18-year-olds are great, Mm -hmm. uh, but we have in any given classroom a range of students, maybe the 22-year-old who's a veteran, maybe somebody Mm -hmm. like this, Mm -hmm. maybe even somebody coming back to school or retired, and it makes it a little more interesting, I think. It does. I I think that all of the students in the classroom or just walking around campus or even at certain events, uh, I think that all of them are enriched by being able to share experiences and be exposed to experiences uh, and people and ideas that are different from their own experiences. So I think that I've taught classes uh, with senior citizens mm-hmm. in them mm-hmm. and, you know, 18-year-olds and 65-year-olds. And the discussions we were able to have in those rooms were very fascinating because the retiree uh in one class in particular, it was a world literature class. It was a gentleman who was retired, and he wanted to stay active, and he loved to read, and he had traveled the world for his, um, his during his career. So he enrolled in my world literature class, and I walked in the first day, and this was when I was junior faculty, and I thought, I was very intimidated. I thought, oh, my goodness, what if I say something wrong or I mispronounce a word or something, you know? Um, I mean, I'm trained, Mm -hmm. so I shouldn't have that fear, but I did anyway. (laughs) And um, we had such wonderful discussions. And the students, the younger students loved him. And Mm. he told me, I feel energized by these younger students. Um, The same thing when when I have veterans in the classroom or students who are parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another thing. Sometimes I'll have students come and see me in my dean role. Uh, because they are non-traditional students and they worry that uh, the fact that they may have child care issues once in a while or the fact that um, maybe if they're veterans and they have um, uh, conditions resulting from their prior service and they were and they worry that some of these aspects of their being might interfere with the classroom or with their succeeding as a student. And so to me, I see my job as being supportive, hearing their concerns, and then working to help them figure out, all right, these are valid concerns. Let's figure out what kinds of services on campus or what kind of support uh, systems you can set up. And please feel free to count me as part of that support system. Hmm. So students that I've placed on probation um, or students who have been on suspension and they're coming back, they have to meet with me. Mm-hmm. And so I tell them, I want you to come and see me once a month for your first semester back. I want to hear how you're doing. I want to hear the good news and the bad news. And even if it's bad news, I, I'm not going to fire you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kick you back out. You know. But if you have bad news, then we can figure out how to turn that back into good news. Mm-hmm. So you're not the scary dean. I'm not the scary dean. No matter how hard I try. 
<laughs> you were an English major, isn't that right? Or you, your PhDs in English? That is correct. Um, although I will tell you that my undergraduate degree was a double major in, uh, and it was actually a BS in journalism and English. Hmm. Um, and the, the story there is that I'm first generation, mm. very proud to be first gen. Mm -hmm. And so my dad did, had not been to college. So he's telling me, okay, you, um, all right, if you, if you can't, if, if you refuse to be uh, a business major or a math or a computer science, because those are the three things that he thought, you know, could lead to a job that earns money. Mm -hmm. All right. If you persist in being um, a communications and English major, then you have to at least get a BS because employers will be impressed by that Bachelor of Science. And I will tell you, because I went into academia, that BS has been dogging me from day one because because I went into the humanities where a science, you know, mm -hmm. a science is, is, it's not a liability, but it's not what people are expecting to see. Um, so I do share that communications undergrad degree with our provost. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. So we have that in common. Mm-hmm. And is it communications English? Was that the right choice for what you decided, what you ended up doing? It was. It was a really good choice. Um, in fact, I had to make a pre I made a presentation to my parents in order to be allowed to be allowed to uh, to major in communications in English because they wanted me so much to go into what they considered, you know, the the job getting kind of mm -hmm. uh, paths, but. Um, I graduated in my four years, and I, for about a decade, I did pretty much everything you could do with an English or communications degree. I did corporate communications. I wrote speeches uh, for the Department of Transportation. I worked in advertising, doing copywriting and market research. I worked for, uh, I wrote um, user manuals for um, aerospace uh <laughs> devices. And uh, I worked for a lawyer doing some paralegal type stuff. So I, I did all of it. And finally, uh, decided to go back to school. And I started thinking I was going to teach writing mm -hmm. and uh, ended up in uh, back in English with literature. And uh, but I've always loved both. Mm hmm. Yeah. So is this a stepping stone here at WestCon, or are you, um, <laughs> we won't see you after another year, or are you going to stick around and help us out here? One of the things I love about Connecticut is the state motto, mm -hmm. which is that he, I'm going to butcher this translation because I think it's Latin, but it's something mm -hmm. like he who is transplanted blooms and grows. Hmm. Um I may have just made that sound prettier than it really is, but um, I, I love that motto because I believe that it actually encapsulates my intention. Mm -hmm. um, I, as I said, I've been wallpapering the Northeast for <laughs> quite some time, wanting to come up. The timing was right for this position. Um, I would love to stay at WestCon. Mm. I, you know, I... I, I can't say that I'll necessarily be a dean until the end of my career. Um, if there were a way for me to grow here, I would be. I would love to do that, and I'd be happy to do that. Um, so we have to work on pushing out the president and provost. Yeah, I think we need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> Pete, have you looked up the state motto yet? Uh, yes, he who trans he who transplanted sustains. Oh, all right. Yours so you were close. Better. Yeah. yeah. Mine That's is a, way better. Way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No English major wrote that original one. <laughs> no. So it means I have. It means that my intention is to have staying power. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'll tell you. So uh, when you become a dean, this was something that was a little unanticipated. When you become a dean, you start getting emails periodically from executive recruiters mm. going, "Oh, here's here's a president position. You know, we think you'd be great for." Or if you're not interested, can you um, refer somebody? Mm-hmm. And so I've I've gotten a few here and there since I've gotten here. And so for one day, I got two at the same on the same day, mm-hmm. and one was for um, I think it was Alaska, and one was for Hawaii. And you know they could not have been more <laughs> extreme in uh, in temperaments. So I went home. That night, and I said to my husband, I said, ha-ha, so honey, do you want to move to either Hawaii or Alaska? And my 14-year-old son, who initially opposed the move because how dare you rip me from my friends, I'm Mm -hmm. in middle school, he slams his fist on the table and he says, we are not moving again. (laughs) I said, oh, no, no, we're not moving, don't worry. So then my husband, instead of just saying, Oh, mom's joking. My husband goes, well, don't worry, honey. We're not going to move until at least, you know, you and your brother are both in college. (laughs) We all whipped our heads over and said, oh, my God, I'm never going through this again. (laughs) Well, thank you for being on this podcast. It's great to have a dean with a sense of humor on campus. And you can tell the other ones that. Oh, I will. (laughs) Guess what Paul said. (laughs) And uh, we'll have you on again, too. That would be great. I'd love it. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. So as our regular listeners know, we have a student co-host come in and talk about events for the coming week or week and a half or so. Last semester, in the last couple of semesters, it was Barbara Viegas, did a great job, graduated. And we have a new co-host. We're never going to talk about Barbara again. Her (laughs) name is Chantelle Williams, and uh, she joins us here today. Hello, Chantelle. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. It'll be great. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited about it. Good. So you're a junior here at Westcon? Yes. um, I'm a junior in the social work program, Hmm. which I'm very excited about because we had to interview and we had to actually... Um, get into the social work program. So I got my acceptance letter and I'm officially in there. That's good. Yes. What do they ask you? Well, we have to, why why social work? So, and then what field do you want to work in with Mm. social work? Because it's very broad. Like there's a lot of different fields you can go into with social work. (laughs) And um, we start our internship. So this is my first semester doing an internship and I'm pretty excited about it. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just a lot of opportunities and uh, doors are opening, and I'm I'm excited about what the future holds for for me and my my major. That's great. Yeah. And how did you end up at Westcon? Well, Westcon, I kind of chose me because hmm. I, I at first I thought I think what every high school student thinks is like, oh, I want to go super far, and then when I started looking at the 
factors of that and going far away and then the money and everything. I was like, well, realistically, I don't think I really want to go far anymore. Mm -hmm. And so when I visit WestCon, I felt like an attachment to it. Mm -hmm. I liked what the school offered. I liked the the opportunities that uh, Western brings. And so I went with Western. And I'm happy because... Ever since I've been here, I've just expanded my horizon. Like it, it's just opened a lot of new doors, such as this podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I'm excited with my decision, and uh, yeah, these past uh, semesters have been great. And mm, yeah, that's good. Yes. And you work uh, a student worker in uh, the Office of Intercultural Affairs. Is that what it's called? Yes, Intercultural Affairs with uh, Daryl Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. That was another, like, mistaken opportunity because I really wasn't looking for a job, but then the job just kind of (laughs) got placed in my lap, and I was like, okay, let me take it. And um, at first I just started off as, like, a regular desk worker, and then I started getting more responsibility, and then um, this past semester I got promoted to uh, one of the lead student assistants. And I've just had a more active role with working um, one-on-one with the clubs and the officers and planning events and uh, sitting in on meetings. So, again, a lot of opportunities that I just didn't think about when I when I first started, you know, school. But now that I'm here, I'm just excited. And working in the office is just, it's great because it's very diverse. And we're working with a lot of different people, a lot of different cultures. So That's it's, good. It's, yeah. And I've seen you there. You are kind of in charge of the whole office. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the... Being in, connected with a lot of the clubs and other student groups must be interesting because there are, is a lot going on it here. Is. There's a lot going on and a lot that people don't really realize. Like it takes a lot to plan these events and it's just something going on like every week. Mm-hmm. And for example, this month is uh, Black History Month. It's mm-hmm. February. So we have an event literally going on like every day mm-hmm. just to... Um, honor black history and then just to open have open discussions open forums lectures um yeah so it's just a lot of exciting things for the month of february and uh these clubs they sit down and they talk about okay what do students want um on campus what what missing, what conversations need to be had. And so after they figure that out, they plan the programs, they sit down with us and make it happen. And we put it in our calendar and we just hope to promote and have students come out and uh, really support these these great programs and events that's yeah. happening. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get a, an audience for it some is. of these things. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it's difficult because a lot of times students don't, they know stuff is going on, but they don't really know stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. So our main thing this semester was just trying to get students to be more aware. Like there's a lot of events happening and a lot of different type of events. It's not just the same regular events. It's just a lot of culturally um, different experiences with these lectures and things. And for example, like we have an event coming up on the 8th and it's the um, African-American uh, student Association, they're doing a Take Me Out and Show Me Some Love. And that event, a lot a lot of people are like, well, what's that event? It's a really fun event, and it's on West Side, and it's like you sit down, and it's like a game show type of um, event. And it just gets students to participate and be active in the in the in school. And then there's another Is it going to be embarrassing if they get um, in? I don't think it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun because it's kind of putting people on the spot. Uh-huh. But uh, ACSA, they do a great job with this event. And it's one, of, it's one of their annual events. And 
Um, they do a really good job, and it gets a turnout, a better turnout every year. Oh, it does? Good. Yes. I never heard of it either. I it's can't so believe this. I feel like everyone should go to experience it, but that's what we're saying. We're trying to promote it more and have students really go to these events because you're missing out on, like, a lot of great things, and yeah. we just don't want any students to miss out. So what was that one called? Um, take me out and show me some love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just in time it's for inviting. Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just in time for Valentine's Day. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot going on. And then there's also like a lecture that our office actually um, is help promoting and it's um, the Black History Month lecture and smokescreen under the influence marijuana politics and, and power. Hmm. And it's an empowering discussion about um, just the discussion about uh, certain minority groups being incarcerated for um, having, you know, just a little bit of marijuana or what, however mm-hmm. it, it plays out when compared to other other um, groups that may not get as much time or anything. So it's just a powerful lecture and discussion. And um, we're just trying to promote that, you know, just have an open discussion about topics, mm-hmm. and, you know, and stuff that's really going on right now currently. So... And who's going to be the lecturer for that, or is it a panel? It's like a a panel. Um, So I think it's more than one speaker. Can't quote me on it, but I believe it's more than (laughs) one speaker. But, um, yeah, we're just excited about that event because it's going to be really good, and we really want a good turnout because Mm -hmm. it's a discussion that needs to happen and a discussion that I feel like is very um, important right now in society. So. What's the date and time of that? Um, the date is February 12th, and the time is 8 p.m., and it's going to be on Midtown Campus, I believe, yes. Hmm. Like the Student Center or something? I think in um, the— White Hall? White Hall, yes. Hmm. Yes. And your office is doing that? Yes, we're sponsoring with PAC and BSU, uh-huh. and um, we're setting up this event, so yes. So you'll have to find out where it is pretty soon. Yeah, we have to find out where it is. It's coming up, but it's going to be somewhere. It's happening. So, yeah. And then Women's History Month comes after that, yes. right? Aren't you guys, your office is involved in is that involved too? involved with that also. So we have events catered to women. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually having a speaker. Well, um, the Muslim Student Association, they're having a speaker come, a woman speaker that wears the uh, hijab. Hmm. And um, she was a professional basketball player but she wasn't able to wear her hijab during you know playing basketball and so she's gonna discuss that um experience and how it felt and just open up that topic also um so yeah women's history month there's going to be a lot of um lectures with powerful women and a lot of events catered to women empowerment also mm-hmm. and then right after that is intercultural awareness month <laughs> it's wow. april so yeah mm. <laughs> every month this um semester has a theme and we're really trying to focus and make events that focus on those themes mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so, so that's exciting it's too exciting, right it must yes. be interesting to be involved in that it is seeing the process and and just learning about different things. I think that's what I got out of it the most because when these events are brought to us, a lot of them I I had no idea. Like these lectures, these topics, I'm like, wow. And then it really opens my eyes because I'm just like, you know, I I wouldn't have it known about this topic unless you know we had this event. So right. now that we have it, now I know, I can take that knowledge and use it, you know, for me for the rest of my life. So. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm excited about these events because they're very educational. They're very entertaining also. They're not like boring lectures. Like I know students like, oh, I don't want to sit through another lecture, but this is not this is not a school lecture. <laughs> this is a <laughs> an actual like current event lecture that's going on. And I feel like everyone should want to learn more and engage in these type of uh, events. Yeah, yes. with a real person's life. Yes. Talking about them. Yes. And uh, is the SGA doing anything in the next couple of weeks? Are they making flower pots or something? <laughs> SGA actually is pairing with the Black Student Union and hosting a bowling event. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it, everything is not finalized for that, but it is coming up. And um, I believe it's going to be the end of February. So it's going to be a, a nice little bowling event, about 50 students for free. There's no cost for the students. Everything is taken care of. And just go bowl for a night, have a little bit of competitive fun, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, just have a good time and socialize with uh, everyone and just have a relaxing time just to end um, the February month off. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is it related to Black History Month? It's – it I – Kind of. <laughs> it's Bowling to, isn't like, necessarily yeah, a black history. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily thing. black history, but yes, it is uh, for a Black History Month event. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's good. So, yes. So you're right in the middle of everything that's going on, basically. Yeah, yeah. How do you have time to study? How do I have time? Well, I have a planner. <laughs> my planners become my, my best friend <laughs> when it came to this semester, especially. Um, fall semester was good practice for me. Because hmm. so, you worked then. Yes, because I worked. Uh, that was my first time actually working in my promotional you know, position. So hmm. that was my first time actually experiencing and managing everything. So going into the spring semester, I utilized my planner a lot more. And I just set time out to study because ultimately – so ultimately, my number one priority is, you know, my work, my schoolwork, studying. So I make that as my top priority. If mm -hmm. I know I have a test coming up or a paper coming up, I set aside designated time in order to do those. That's those things. great. Yeah. It's, it's all about time management. And I feel like that's one of the most important things I've learned throughout uh, college is time management. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's going to be on top of you saying, oh, you have to do this now. You have to do this now. You have to kind of be assertive mm -hmm. for yourself and be like, okay, Chantel, I have to get this done like now. <laughs> like, okay, you have to do this. And I know like I, I don't want, I don't like to procrastinate. Mm. So, and I don't like to just sit down. I'm not a person that can sit down for like five hours straight and just knock everything out. Like I need breaks in between. So I, I pace myself. I say, okay, Monday I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do a little bit more on Tuesday so that by the end of the week, I'm done with that assignment. And um, say if I want to go out, okay, if I want to go out Thursday night, okay, I need to have this assignment done. If I don't have this assignment done, I'm not going out. So I kind of do like a reward system for myself. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, otherwise I'd just be like all over the place. Yeah. But um, yeah, I create a, an award system for myself. Because I, I feel like that keeps me straight and that keeps me um, balanced and, and uh, organized. So, yes. I think I'm going to try that. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm not going out unless this is done, unless this paper <laughs> is done. Because I know I'm not going to want to do it after. So let, let me do it before I go out. And mm. Procrastination usually, is one of my favorite things. So I know. <laughs> it's very easy, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I'll put it off. I'll keep putting it off. I'll, and then it just it doesn't get done or you, you're stressing last minute to get it done and I'm not a good last minute person mm. so I rather just pace it out throughout the week and uh, yeah <laughs> do That's like that good. yeah Pete is that how you did your uh, <laughs> college studying yeah something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like mine <laughs> It took 
me a while to get it, <laughs> but I got yeah, it. Yeah, but you got it. That's I, uh... great. <laughs> I mean, that's actually what uh, the more involved you are, the more um, yeah. you learn about that kind of thing and yes. the more structured you are. Yes. I feel like the more I have going on, the more organized I am. And I know that sounds weird, mm. but I feel like if I have more time on my hands, I'm more prone to procrastinate because mm-hmm. I, I have the time. But um, if I have a lot of stuff going on and I don't really have that much time and it's only, okay, you get it done now or not, then that promotes me to all right be on top of my my stuff so that's uh yeah i like being a busybody because it keeps me organized <laughs> <laughs> and have there ever been times when you said oh i'm not going out on thursday night i haven't finished whatever yeah there have been times mm. yeah and my friends were like oh come on come on come on but i'm like no i can't because if i go out this is not it's not getting done so there have been times but i have been better this semester with getting it done before Thursday night so I could go out Thursday night. <laughs> so I'm very proud of myself because I don't want to miss out or anything. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been doing better with that. That's good. But so, all yeah. your friends have flunked out since then. No, <laughs> no actually, they're, they're doing pretty well. <laughs> they're doing pretty well. I think we encourage each other to do hmm. better. That's so if, if one, we know one has an assignment and we're like, all right, let's go to the study study lab, the twenty four hour study lab. Let's let's go to the computer lab. Let's stay in the dorm and do this and do that. And we just keep each other balanced and focused. I think that's important to have that that system around mm-hmm. also because you guys are just encouraging each other. So, right. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good start to our um, new semester, our new yeah. season. Yes. Thanks, Chantel. Thank you. We'll have you back next week. Yes. Okay. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, as always, to engineer Pete Puccio and producer Scott Volpe, who make WCSU 411 possible. When you find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, please subscribe so you can keep up with all the news about Westcon. After you subscribe, give us a five-star review and leave a comment. You can also reach us on Twitter at WCSU411. This is Paul Steinmetz. See you on the next edition of WCSU411.